to share something with you. It's not to embarrass you or anything like that. It's just that sometimes some of those words have actually really changed people's lives sometimes. So I need to obey God and share them on the, because, on the hope that maybe some of them will. And I, and I feel that's what God wants me to do this morning. So, so please, I'm, none of the things I'm going to share, if I do, are going to be embarrassing things or things about your life like that. They're just encouraging things. So don't worry, but just so I don't take you by surprise, <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Okay, I'm going to start just by reading something from the Bible, because it's a good place to start, and then we're going to go from there. Um, so we're going to read Isaiah chapter 6. This is the theme. Do you want to flip back to that? This is the theme. This is what we're going to talk about today, about encounters with God in a time of change. Okay? So we're going to read from Isaiah chapter 6. And it starts there by saying... In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. This, I think this is Isaiah describing an experience and an encounter with God that he had. Now, whether it was a, a picture that he saw or whether he actually physically saw God appearing in front of him, I, I don't know. May, it, when you read it, it feels like it's somewhere in between the two. I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and his train of his robe filled the temple. Above him was seraphim, there's some kind of heavenly beings, each with six wings, and with two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, for I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he'd taken from the tongues of the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go, tell the people. Now, I'm going to start by making a statement that in church might seem like stating the obvious. And that is that the God that we worship, the God that we come each week to worship, is real. Now, as I said, that might sound like, well, what's she saying that for? Of course he is. But I don't know about you, but sometimes with me, sometimes with the busyness of life, with things that go, go on around you, somehow he doesn't always feel real. Sometimes I find myself, I don't, I don't know whether anyone else is the same, maybe it's just me, that you're going through motions sometimes and you're singing songs and you're doing the right things, but somehow God feels a little bit far away. Has anyone else ever felt like that or is that just, just me? Just me, obviously. Um, so I'll, I'll preach the word sermon to myself. Now, when I read the Bible, I don't know whether you read it like this, but one of the things that strikes me about the Bible is 
it isn't a book that's full of kind of theories about how you follow a, a, a faith. It isn't just a book about instructions of, you know, how to live life. And it has got things like that in it, but that's not what it's like. Right from the beginning of the Bible, right the way to the end of it, it's stories about people having encounters with God. Right from right in the very beginning, there's Adam and Eve in a garden, and there's God with them in the garden. All the way through, and you have some of those stories, absolutely amazing things happen when God encounters them. Others are just God speaking softly into someone's heart. Some of them are weird visions like Isaiah had, and that was a pretty normal one compared to some of them. I mean, some of them look like people are on some kind of trip or something when you read some of them. Um, other times, they're God encountering people by healing them and commissioning them for life. And all the way through the Bible, that's what it is. It, it's encounters with God. And even the, the doctrine-y, teaching-y bit, it's really teaching you how to encounter God and how to have a relationship with God and how to meet with Him and how to have your sins forgiven so that you can experience Him. It isn't about just following religion. And here we are this morning, and the same applies really every day. An encounter with God is just a prayer away. Just a simple prayer away. It's just a worship song away. Or maybe it's just someone sharing a word with you from God away. It's just a Bible verse away. That's how close an encounter with God is. Or maybe it's a dream away in the night. Or maybe it's just something else. Maybe it's just sitting in silence. And wow, his presence is there and his encounter's there. That's how close God is. And I had a sense as I was praying this morning that there are some people here today and you've never ever had that sort of encounter or experience with God. You've never met with God. You've never had an experience with him. You come into church and you're trying to find how to get to know God, but you've never actually had that kind of experience. And I want to say this morning, I believe that God wants to give you that opportunity this morning to have that encounter with him. And if you've never, never ever had it, then this morning is especially for you in a different way than it is for anybody else. Because God loves you and he wants to enter into your life. Do you know, I, I, I sense that there's, um, I saw like an impression of um, somebody locked in a dark room when they were a child. And the depression and things that you're battling with now are actually caused by that experience when you were a child. And Jesus wants to say to you this morning that he can become the light in your life. The light, he wants to become a light to you in those dark places. And the, there's someone else here, here today and you've been experiencing and locked up with 
horrible words that a lady has been saying to you. It's almost like I could hear her voice and she's just really being nasty to you. And that's really screwed you up and made you feel really locked up inside. But I just believe that, and it's eating you up, these words that this lady has sown into you for a long period of time, real nasty, horrible, diggy words. And I just believe God wants to set you free from the effect of what that lady's words are today. That he wants to say to you that um, her words are birthed out of resentment and bitterness in our own heart. And God just wants to set you free from that. They're not to affect you. Um, And I believe God just wants us to have more and more and more experiences and encounters with God today. I believe that's what he wants for Hope Church you know, I was just, just talking to him this morning, and you know, I heard like, you know like, like when you talk to a child and you tell a child, don't be greedy, stop being greedy, yeah? Has everyone ever had a parent tell them that, yeah? I just believe God said to me today, tell Hope Church, he wants them to be, he, he's a parent that says, I want you to be greedy. He wants us to be greedy for more of him. It's almost like, it's almost like sometimes, it's almost like an impression I had that often what we have is just like the starter. And we take the starter that comes first, and it's nice there in front of us. We eat the starter, we think, that was good, that, that experience with God, and we walk away. And he says, no, there's more. I want you to wait. Wait for the main course and then the sweet that's coming. I believe he wants a hunger in our hearts to seek him for more and more and more of him. And the story that we just read in, in about Isaiah the background to that was um, that what was going on at the time was that he said that, that, that Uzziah had died. Uzziah was an okay king. He was a pretty good king. There's there's kingdom of Judah right in the middle there. Little country, wasn't that, that big. Israel had split into two. There was the north part, you know, and they were not doing very well with God at all. And the bottom part, which was Judah, on the outside, they looked like they were doing okay with God. They got the temple there, and they go there to worship, uh, and that sort of thing. And, 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 and Uzziah was one of the kings that was described in the Bible. He was an okay king. You know, he, he, he followed God, certainly on the, uh, outwardly. Um, but what happened was, is he didn't deal with some of the um, false worship that was going on. He was quite happy that it all looked good on the, on the Sunday at church. But the stuff that was going on back in people's lives, he wasn't de- dealing with. And that was the context that Isaiah had this encounter with God. And Uzziah had died. And he didn't know what was coming next. He didn't know what the king was like. Now, the kings back then, they had absolute authority. They were autocratic rulers. And in Israel, the other bit, um, you know, when, when a new king came, you know, the, his contemporaries weren't treated that well. And so you've got a people here who were outwardly following God, but in their hearts they weren't. Um, and it takes courage for a leader to deal with stuff like that. And Uzziah didn't really have the courage to go out and deal with the, what was going on in the hearts of the people. He was quite happy for it to look okay on the on the outside and for the worship to be look all right in the temple um, because it takes a really bold leader to really get into people's lives and say look 
your hearts aren't right here. Well, the stuff that you're doing isn't right. And it also takes courage for us sometimes to deal with stuff in our hearts that, are little, that aren't right. Sometimes it's easy for us to worship Jesus outwardly on a, on, on a Sunday, but then when we go home, we sometimes have other things that, are, that excite us and seem good, but we know in our hearts they're not right. And I believe God wants to say to us, you know, deal with those things because they, they, they stop you having real encounters with God. But then when we meet Isaiah, Isaiah is in the temple. He's not in one of these going back like some of the people doing their own little false worship. He's in the temple, which is the place where God told them to come to worship. It's where the psalmist said, this is the place where God, you meet with us. So there was Isaiah. He was in that place. He was in the place of worship and his heart was right before God. Yeah, because God is interested in our hearts being right. And he was there. I don't know what he was doing in the temple. Maybe he was just worshipping. Maybe he'd gone there to meet with suit with God. Who knows? But it said he was in the temple and that's where he saw the Lord. And I'd say, I believe that God wants to do something in our worship as Hope Church. And to, to bring it to a level of encounter and experience of God that is totally different to what we've got. And I remember my first ever experience of what what we call our type of worship and it was sort of back in the mid-1980s a long time ago in the olden days and I'd been brought up and going to fairly traditional church services and I went in and there was it was worship sort of like what we had and I walked into there and it was just like I was on holy ground it was just like being in that place with the angels crying holy it was just something i'd never experienced before it was like god was there in that place i'd never been to church and experienced god like that i knew he was real in my heart but experiencing him in the worship and just standing there like that and a, a few weeks ago when i was preparing this i was thinking where was the worship so good back then in the olden days why was it like that and then i started looking in my heart I realized that in my heart, I'd actually become a little bit familiar. Do you know, do you know what I mean? It was then, it was so experienced. I'd become a little bit familiar, you know, and I'd be phone buzzes, a bit like that. Worship Jesus, a bit like that, a bit like that, or connect with that song, um, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, because can, you can look quite good like that. And then, like that. oh, I'm then suddenly thinking about work for a bit. And then, oh, what happened to the worship this morning? And I just had this thought, I'm going to start really connecting with Jesus. I've got 45 minutes to enter right into the very presence of God. The very holy presence of God. I'm going to really take this seriously. And I've started really experiencing God in the worship recently. And I don't think it's that all of a sudden the musicians have suddenly become amazingly better or anything like that. I just think it's just that my heart has started engaging and connecting with God. Because he's here. And it's 45 minutes that long to... I started putting my phone, actually, on the floor some of the time. Because it buzzes and I want to look at it. Things like that. Little things like that. 45 minutes, don't matter. But there's a chance of really encountering with God. And the other Sunday, I was there doing it. And sometimes God gives you pictures. And I, I had this, like, picture of hope. And this was in here. So we haven't even moved into the new building yet in this picture. And the, 
musicians were in the picture. It wasn't actually happening. But in the picture, the musicians were out the front here before the meeting, and we were all having our tea and coffee and chatting. And instead of just fixing stuff and things like that, they were praying. And they were praying together and in, for, for, to God. And they were, they were just seeking God and praying together before the meeting. And then as I started looking, I saw this like white cloud sitting on top of them. And the white cloud was like the presence of God. And no, no one else was aware of it. We were all chatting away. There was this white cloud. Anyway, we all came in our normal nonchalant ways into our seats. And the musicians started up. And they started playing just the same songs that we sing every week. And what started happening is, is the white cloud began to move. And the white cloud began to move sort of over the rest of us as we were there. And as it began to sort of, people just started stopping in the presence of God. There were people with tears streaming down their face. There were others that were bowing to the floor. There were some that were even falling down in the presence of God. And it was beginning to move. Even the kids suddenly started thinking, what's going on? Became aware of the tangible presence of God. People that didn't know Jesus were starting to encounter him. And it moved all the way to the back. And, there, and it was like God was here. And I thought, wow. And I just think God might want to do something in our corporate worship together on a Sunday. I think he might be saying something. Or maybe it was just a nice little picture. I don't know. But I just felt that God wanted to, to, to do something. And then when... It was interesting, wasn't it? The picture that Isaiah, the way that Isaiah saw God. He saw God sitting on a throne. Now, a throne's pretty quaint for us, really, isn't it? We don't really have thrones. But then the throne was the place where the king ruled from, with total authority. And it was what God was saying then was, things might be changing. The government is changing, if you want to use modern terms. Things are unstable. You don't know what it's going to be like. But God says, I'm on the throne. And I just have a sense of God saying to some of us today that things might be rocky and wobbly in your lives at the moment. Things might seem like they're out of control. But I believe that God wants to say to, to us this morning that he is in control of your life. He has a purpose and a destiny and a plan for you. And he is the Lord. If you're, Even if it's the year that Uzziah died, or the year your boss changed, or the year you lost your job, or the year things started going wrong, or the year of Brexit, or the year of the government changing, or whatever it is that's causing you to wobble, there is a God who is on the throne. Yeah? And you might think, well, that was all right for them. They, they were the God people. Well, no, no, it was just as unstable back then. It's, you know, got the Assyrians beginning to kick off. Israel and the north was in a complete mess. The people weren't following God at all. They were worshipping their idols and living like the pagans and God said to Isaiah no I'm the king here you might think Uzziah is dead and there's Jotham I think it was a character wherever it was don't matter I, I, I'm the one my purpose is there my purpose is there and, and I believe God wants us to to do that when everything looks wobbly to be a people who know that God is in charge of our lives it says in the New Testament doesn't it that he works things out for good for those that are called for him. And God is working things out for good in our lives and in, in Hope Church. God is in charge. God is in charge. Yeah? And um, it, sa that it says there that, that the angels, they were saying that the whole earth will be filled with his glory. 
Yeah? It didn't look pretty filled with his glory back then, did it? You know? And it certainly doesn't, it doesn't look that filled with his glory sometimes now. But that's what they were saying. Yeah? I know Worcester will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because that's part of the earth, isn't it? So what God is calling us to here is to be a people that take his glory and his presence out into this city. Yeah? And God wants us to be a people who declare that over the city. And right in the middle of this period of change and instability, instability, the God on the throne picks Isaiah and he calls him to follow him. And I actually sense that this is the... I'm, I'm, I'm winding up some of what I'm going to say before I bring words to people. And I just have a belief that God wants to say to us, he's calling people here in this city, in this church, to follow him. He's calling you, whether it's for the first time or, or not, to c- devote your life to serving his purpose and to serve his kingdom. And serving his kingdom sounds a bit abstract, but as I heard one preacher say, serving, being called by God to, 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 is, is basically... God saying to you, come, work together in partnership with me to make the earth a better place. I mean, that might sound simple, but effectively that's what the kingdom is, isn't it? It's making people who, it's people who are sick getting healed. That makes it better for them. It's people who don't know Jesus, his life's been changed. It's the whole expanse of that. And that's God's call. And I believe that God is calling people here to do that. And some people, you've, been, you've, you've walked with Jesus for a long time. And the call of God doesn't feel that fresh sometimes in your life. And I believe God wants to stir again that sense of zeal and that call that he's put upon your life. He wants to call you again to follow him with a purpose. He wants to also give you a fresh encounter with him and a fresh call to serve him in this, this, this city. Yeah? And, you know, I was just thinking, what are the things that stop us following the call of God in our lives. And Jesus told a parable, didn't he, about when the word didn't bear, didn't got the word, the call didn't work. And these are the things that stop us. One of them is, our hearts sometimes aren't right. Our hearts are in a place that just means that when God calls us, we don't understand it, we're not at the right place, and we just forget it. Sometimes, it's just the pressures of life, they just get to us, you know, and we become consumed with the pressures of life rather than what God's called us to do. And they are real, but they are so distracting. A very wise man once said to me, um, Ken Baker, he said to me, you know, those pressures that you're, sort of, they're, they're consuming your prayer life. And it really hit me, you know, it lasted me for long. You know, instead of me praying about God's call on my life and what God has called, I'll spend all my time praying about whatever the latest pressure was. And they can snatch away. Desire for other things stops us following God as well, doesn't it? You know, we get, this world is full of all sorts of really exciting things to follow. Um, But God is calling us to follow him. And then there's those whose hearts are ready and who bear fruit. And I believe God wants Hope Church to be a people who are passionately following him with a call and purpose that is on his, on their life. Yeah? And I just sense that God just wants to encourage a few of us here this morning to really follow him with his call. Um, 
um, Nicola, I, I just felt God wants to really encourage you this morning. And I saw, what I saw for you is this picture of a tree with deep roots. And I felt that the Holy Spirit saying, God saying to me, you've got deep roots into God. You've got very, very deep roots. And the deep roots enable two things to happen. One, they enable you to, to withstand the storm. And two, they enable you to bear a lot of fruit. And I feel that what God's saying to you is, well done for bearing the storm, for standing strong in the storm. And I feel he says, now you're going to bear some fruit, real fruit. And what I saw with the fruit was the fruit was just growing on you. It wasn't like you would suddenly, oh, I've got to bear fruit. But what was happening was is that the ladies were coming and they were picking the fruit from you. And some of those ladies, well, they were like single mums that were struggling with family life. And they were coming to you and they were just picking the fruit that was, that was, that was on you. And they were, that, that, that was helping them. And then others were bruised ladies as well. Ladies that have been abused and struggled. And I just feel God's going to just do something for you in that area. Not a pressure, it's just going to be a fruit that you're going to benefit. I hope that's okay. Um, Joan Baker, I just felt God wanted to really encourage you, Joan, and to say to you that even though you're weak, he is super powerful in your, in your week. And I just felt that you're going to see incredible fruit in answers to your prayers. That you're weak, you're vulnerable, you're not feeling strong. But God says, hey, I'm going to be powerful through you, Joan. Your fruit that's coming through you is awesome and amazing. Oh, Jesus. I just, I, um, Abby Thomas, I just feel God wants to encourage you too today. And I feel he wants to say to you, Abby, there's a big surprise coming for you. There's a good surprise coming for you. And what he wants to say to you is, remember that you're called by him. That's the most important thing in your life. And everything's okay. You're in his purpose. You're in his plan. But his plan for you is to be a woman who, who's called by him. That's, that's the purpose. And that there's a big surprise coming for you. Um, Graham and Debbie Wood, I just feel God wants to encourage you this morning and wants to say to you that he's, he's going to bless you financially and he's going to give you a big storehouse to give going to give you a big store to give from yeah and on the subject of money i just feel martin sharp i just believe god wants to encourage you and say to you it's okay to ask for money you're free ask for it because he's going to answer your prayers yeah um jane haley i I, I know you're mature enough to take weird words i've got a weird one for you okay (laughs) But I just have, sometimes I just have to share it if I've got it. And I just feel God saying to you, he loves the way you color your hair. And he actually says that it's actually prophetic. And he wants you to keep coloring your hair because you bring color into people's lives. And that people that are gray, that their lives are gray and drab, your call is to bring color. Yeah? Um, I'm just going to keep going for a bit Um, Jim I just felt God wanted to encourage you Jim Um, and 
in connection with all this sort of church planting into these sort of areas and things that you're doing, yeah? And then the whole ministry to the poor and church planting into the, the, these areas. And I feel that he wanted to say to you, there's, there's, there's that old-fashioned hymn that's not pretty correct anymore, so we don't sing it. But there's a line in that hymn that says, where the saints have trod. And I feel that God wants to say to you that the answers to what you're going to do are not in contemporary stuff that's around. They're in the saints of old. People in the past have actually done what you're, tr what you're trying to do. Look for your answers there because the real answers are where the saints have trod in the past. There isn't much around contemporary. You, 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 you plow in and new ground here, but it's not new ground. Dig into what's happened in, the, in, the, in history where the saints have trod. Um, are any of the youth here, have they all gone out? Is any of them here? You're not youth, Paul. <laughs> yeah. could, could the youth that are here stand up? Because I just feel God wants to really encourage your youth. Sorry, I, I don't mind embarrassing you because you're ugly enough to take it. Yeah? Just which ones are here? There's any more? Oh, yeah, oh, sorry, I can see Naya at the back there. Okay, I just feel that, that God wants to say to you youth, to all of you youth, including the ones that aren't here, right, that now is the time to lay hold of the call of God on your life. I believe God is calling you youth, and he's going to fill you powerfully with his spirit and anoint you with his spirit, because now is the time to run with the call of God on your life. You are called, Hope Church Youth, to serve him and serve his purpose and call. And you'll be going through all sorts of turmoil and stuff inside and things like that that, that happens with growing up and because of who you are. Doesn't matter. Well, it does matter, but you can still follow God despite that. Um, I just felt for... Is that guy at the back? Yeah, hi guy. I just feel God wants to say to you, I hope you don't mind me picking on you. I, I, I just feel God wants to say to you, guy, that he's called you to be a strong man of God. That's who you are. That's what you're called to be. Yeah? That's okay. Um, Naya Harper, I hope you don't mind me embarrassing you, but I'm sure your dad will sort you out afterwards if, if, you, if I make a mess of it. But I just feel God just wants to encourage you, Naya, with all the stuff that you're going through, that the, 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 the stuff of his spirit that he put in your heart when you were younger, the dreams and the visions that you've had, that they're still there. And he's encouraging you now to stir them up despite how you feel. Because I feel he, wa he, he wants to remind you of his call in his life. My math, God's called you to, to be a mighty warrior for him and to win people for Jesus. Ooh, God. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is going to come on you, Blake, powerfully, and you're going to be a man who walks powerfully, powerfully by the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Powerfully full of the Holy Spirit. Just, just remember that. And you, Elijah, as well. God's called you, called you from a young age to follow him. I remember times in the kids' work, when you were in the kids' work, and the Spirit came on you. Don't lose that. Drink more. Get greedy, Elijah. Get greedy. Get greedy for the Spirit. Yeah? Get greedy for the Holy Spirit. Come on, get greedy, Elijah. Ooh. Is that Beth there? 
Hi, Beth. Ooh, do you know, God's called you to lead people. God's called you. One day, you will be leading people. Yeah? Leading people. Yeah? You're, you're, God's hands on your life. You might not feel like it sometimes, but that doesn't matter. God knows, and he's chosen you. And you, Ed, ooh, you've got powerful call on your life. Powerful call to serve him, to hear his voice, to hear, listen to him, to share his word. Time to keep stirring it up, Ed. Stir up the spirit that's in you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you know your two girls over there? Just, just put your hands up like that. Yeah? Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'll just come upon those two girls and that you'll just fill them so full of your Holy Spirit. Just come upon them now powerfully in Jesus' name. You know, you two are going to be able to lay hands on people and the Holy Spirit's going to come on them. Ooh, is anyone we've missed? Oh, hi. Hi, Lauren. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't see you there. Yeah. Do you know, God loves you so much and that he's chosen you with a gentle spirit to go and to, and to minister his love to people. And one day you'll be showing love to people who don't feel loved. Oh, I think what we're going to do now is um, we're just going to, I'm just going to ask my friend Bill to come. We've got about five minutes left. Okay. Can you do it in five or shall we wind up? Do five, right? My friend, if, if anyone here really wants a fresh encounter with God, my friend Bill's really good at helping people have encounters with God. Sorry? Youth can sit down or, or Bill might get everyone to stand up. So I've just asked Bill just to pray for us all if that's okay. And just for us to have an encounter with God, yeah? Yeah, that's me. Having got everybody to sit down, could we all stand up just for a moment? <laughs> to be honest with you, it's not particularly about your posture, whether you can sit down, stand up or whatever. But sometimes if we've been sat down for a while, we get a bit passive. And just the act of standing, if you can stand. If you can't, don't worry. But it can just do something in terms of our posture in encountering God. And Gordon just asked me to do a couple of things. In a sense, I've got to be honest with you, I haven't got a clue where we're going with this. But I know one thing. God wants to draw, uh, encourage us more and more, draw him into his presence. And that isn't just a one-off thing. Because sometimes we can kind of resign ourselves to the fact that we come along on a Sunday morning and it's business as usual. Or sometimes if you get a guest speaker along, you kind of, the expectation goes up. But actually, God wants to rack up our expectation a little bit. I want to encourage you. I've known Gordon for probably more years than I could dare count. It does go back into the 1980s. And I've known Gordon to be very, very accurate and very, very specific when he prophesies. I trust him a lot. Occasionally we've worked together and I sit there and I think, do you know what, Gordon? I trust you, but that's either right or it's wrong. And more often than not, it's right. If you responded, and I'm not going to ask you to respond publicly right now, but if you responded to the first couple of words that Gordon mentioned, the first one was particularly about when you were a younger girl, you, you were in a locked room. 
and also there was that aspect of you've been having a lady saying very, very negative things to you. Can I encourage you? Don't just kind of think, Ooh. can I ask you to get some prayer after the service? And what I'm going to ask is, Martin and Judy, could you just stick your hands up? And John and Jean, could you just wave? John and Jean and Martin and Judy are very, very good at praying with people and kind of helping people on through the next steps when you get a word like that. And can I encourage you, please take your courage in both hands after the meeting and go and see either Martin and Judy or John and Jean and say, actually, do you know what? That word was for me and they'll pray for you. It's not going to be anything particularly heavy, but they will help you get free because that's a major issue for some of you. Uh, the rest of us, I'd like us just to get, take a few minutes just to reflect on what Gordon shared, but have an opportunity to encounter God for ourselves. We're sometimes not good at kind of taking a bit of quiet time, but can I just ask you, in whatever way, shape, or form, and it may well have been that you've had a prophetic word, but it may be that you didn't, can I just ask us just to open our hearts and engage with God? consciously put aside all thoughts of work or all thoughts of whatever it is or your phone and just say Holy Spirit I'm here come Holy Spirit we just give you free reign right now just for significant encounters in people's hearts. Some of you, just in this time, are going to feel stuff. <laughs> you might feel a sense of heaviness upon you. Not a bad heaviness, but a sense of weight. One of the words in the Old Testament for God's glory is to do with weight. And some of you can feel a sense of weight coming upon you even just right now. Some of you are feeling a sense of heat. Some of you it's a little bit of a tingling. Some of you you're actually feeling a sense of cold and it's not about the heating or the door being open. There's a sense of kind of something of almost in a sense your heart's beating a little bit faster in your chest. Holy Spirit, come and do more. Stephen, right now. Lord, we're not looking to work stuff up, but we are looking to work stuff out about your call to encounter you and to move on with you. So come, Holy Spirit. Stephen, right now. Touch hearts. Touch lives. In Jesus' name. If you are responding to one of those prophetic words, please do see John and Jean. If you are feeling a sense of God calling you more to encounter and God doing something, you feeling a sense of the Holy Spirit upon you,
and you'd like us to pray and to bless you, there'll be a few of us who'll just hang around at the front and we'd love to pray for you. Nothing big, nothing kind of heavy, but, you know, we just like to bless what God's doing. Because one of the things that I've found is in my life, and I know some of you will identify this, particularly when you get a prophetic word or something happens, sometimes it's good just to ask the Holy Spirit to bless that and to release it and just to kind of get someone to stand with you. So that we'll be hanging around at the front, you know, feel free, or if you came with someone that you know and you trust, you can even just turn to them and say, hey, look, would you just pray for me and bless what the Holy Spirit's doing? Uh, because this isn't just a one-off thing. We're looking to kind of continually encounter God and to press in to what God has for us. Okay? Yeah, so just, we, we are going to close uh, the, the service there because it's around about that time. But just feel like God still wants to do some more business. So if, if we can sort of be respectful with that. And, and, and I really want to encourage you, if you feel like one of those words related to you and you want some prayer, or you're feeling like, yeah, I need an encounter with God. Not feeling anything. I need an encounter with God. Come to the front here, and we're going to pray for you now. We're not going to take ages. Come to the front, and we'll pray for you. But otherwise, we're going to close there. Uh, have a great week. But if you want prayer, come and receive some prayer at the front.